I always tell the story about when Zach and I were in that opera together. I'm so upset. <laughs> pirates. It was Pirates of Penzance. And they were like, okay, it's time to pick all of our costumes out. <laughs> and I swear to you, they gave Zach, he literally was just dressed as Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. And I was like, oh, cool. And they're like, here, Joel. I'm not kidding. <laughs> They gave me <laughs> you had to Joel, wear like they gave me sweatpants <laughs> and a sweatshirt and a vest and I looked just like Mr. Smee. <laughs> and I remember like guys I look I'm like I know I'm bigger than Zach, but I'm like, what where there's gotta be something else. Did I go to Walmart? Like, <laughs> and I remember like, Zach is out here looking like a Disney princess and I'm looking like his dumpy sidekick. <laughs> Hey gang, I'm Joel. I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. Welcome to the Real Worship Podcast, the podcast where real friends have real talk about real worship. In every episode, we'll examine an aspect of worship or worship leading and discuss what scripture says and how each of us can carry that aspect out. Since the three of us have unique journeys to worship ministry, we hope to provide varied perspectives that are centered around the same goal, living our lives for the glory of God and leading others in authentic worship of Him. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Worship podcast and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Also, we'd love to hear your ideas. Make sure to email us at realworshippodcast at gmail.com with questions or topics that you'd like us to discuss. Who knows? Maybe we'll use them for an episode. All right, y'all. Let's get started. The McRib is back and so is Colin. Hey, welcome. Right. <laughs> welcome to me. Hey, guys, I'm glad to be back. We're glad you're back. It was so quiet in here. I, um... Tell please let Caleb know. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. What? And, oh, to the wedding. I yeah, Caleb wasn't about... sure if you received his invitation or not. I did. Yeah, Joel and but I. But you actually, didn't RSVP. We talked about that. I got an evite. Oh, did you? No, Joel. Yeah. He. I actually asked him. He said that he didn't invite you. You're the worst. Yeah, it was something about the way your feet smell. You're the worst, <laughs> and my feet don't smell. I work very hard at that. Oh man. Well, Colin, we are we are glad you're back. Hey, you know what? I'm glad to be back. I missed uh, hanging out with you guys. Last week, I've already listened to the episode. Uh, you guys did a super great job. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. Caleb Godfrey, not Caleb Clardy, my brother. Um, but uh, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I, I was, it was really good to hear from Caleb. I, I've seen from afar his ministry and the things that he does, but it was good to kind of just get to hear his perspective after, what do you say, six years of serving in the same church? I think so. So that's, that's really cool. But yeah, how are you guys? Good. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm that's, good. That's good. You seem good. <laughs> I was trying to think of you were staring, what else happened. You were staring week. blankly into space when you said it. You're like, good. <laughs> Ava's been sick this week, so I've been taking care of her. Oh, man. Yeah. What's wrong with her? Ava girl. She's like really croupy. Oh, I get it. I'm sorry. Croup sounds like the name of a like 90s dance. You know what yeah. I mean? To the croup. croup. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way more fun than I would imagine it is, Zach. Yeah. Not fun? No. Why did you do it's that? sad. <laughs> I was, I was doing the croup. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me trying to scratch my back on the back of the chair. <laughs> Joel, how was your week? It was good. Um, uneventful, to be honest. Really? Yeah, not much. I mean, not a bad week, just not much going on. My week was, uh, it, we're, we're, we're ramping up into our big Christmas thing that we do here. And and so it's it's like every day feels a little bit more hectic. 
and every day you start feeling like you're a little bit more behind, you know? So yeah. it's just been that kind of week, um, filming like a, uh, like a, um, promotional thing for it today. And like, just, just so, so it, I'm kind of the same. It feels uneventful, but also feels like it's been a really hectic week at the same time. Mm-hmm. But had a great time at the wedding. It was a lot of fun. Good. I can honestly say that like, I've never seen my brother so happy, which is really cool. That's great. That's and awesome. so, and, and I mean, I've always like, it, it, I didn't really think about this until being at the wedding, but you know, I've always kind of like low key wanted a sister and now I have one. Be She's honest, pretty Colin, awesome. did you cry? I didn't cry during the wedding, but man, oh man, did I cry when I gave my like best man speech. I mean, <laughs> I cried. I, 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 I've, I've been told that I'm a showboat, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I planned out the speech and I had it all written out, and I was like going to be all funny at the top and then like serious at the end. Good for you for planning it. I've just I go off the cuff. <clears throat> well, so yikes! We've had a conversation about how you're not good off the cuff. I did really great. That's some the of the last content. Time I was the best man for our wedding. Joe, Joe some of the feels, content of our first episode. He feels like he's not good off the cuff. I'm really not good off the cuff. <laughs> I will. Well, it depends on the situation. A controlled yeah. environment, I can be okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, when it's like you throw something at me randomly. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty good off the cuff as well. But I knew that if I would get emotional, and so I was I was mostly trying to be safe. But all that to say, I plan to be funny at the top, and then at the bottom would be more serious. And so, literally, I opened my mouth and I said, I said, "Hey, my name's Colin. I'm uh, I'm Caleb's little brother." And I just started bawling. Oh no! So I literally there started, was no funny. Well, I mean, it was funny because I was choking, like saying these little jokes and stuff, but it, it was not the right kind of funny. But I, yeah. What's the age difference between you and your brother? He's four years older than me. Okay. So, and great guy. Super great guy. Looks younger than Colin. Does he? Yeah. All right. Congrats, Caleb. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, it's good to be back, all three of us together. We're going to um, continue to kind of shift gears as we've been talking the last couple of weeks. We had the first, you know, kind of four episodes were very structured. Um, and then we had a guest last week. And this week we are kind of getting into a groove of what we want the podcast to be from here on out. Yeah. And that is each week one of us selects a topic and we just kind of discuss. So I had the privilege. I honestly don't know how it happened because I thought. Until like Tuesday of this week, I thought that you were supposed to be, it was supposed to be your topic. And then I opened it up and I was like. Well, doggone. It's I'm, me. I'm pretty sure no, what happened. My turn. Well, well, man. I say doggone a lot. And I don't, think, that that, I don't think I sounded like that just now. <laughs> no, you, you did. Just what I hear. Doggone. 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 No, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that you originally was supposed to be me, but I kind of forgot that I wasn't going to be here last week until like, I don't did know. Did you change it? Two weeks before. <gasps> you changed it? You changed the note. You changed the note? No, we did, we talked about this. We have a shared note. What the fuck? I'm genuinely confused. Hey, let me ask you a question. In the course of this, listening to yourself, do you sometimes hear yourself do something like, what on earth? I I laughed the other day, and I guess it was like maybe two or three weeks, two or three episodes ago, and I was like, what was that laugh? I feel like every time, every time I'm, you guys have to understand, I have to listen to it over and over again. Y'all have the pleasure of just listening to it like one time after I send it to you. You know how many times we listen to it? Okay, so anyway, I... I have to, I hate listening to myself talk. Like I, when every time I hear myself talk, it's like this refreshed feeling of I shouldn't talk anymore. It's annoying for people to listen to me talk. 
and yet <laughs> every it's day. not because of your voice though i think that's an old <laughs> thing i hate my voice too i think it's my voice i like your voice you do yeah it sounds a good bit so like then mine. you're saying it's the content of what i yeah, think about it's mainly just you <laughs> No, I, I didn't. Whoa. Let me clarify. Yeah, I don't mean that. We'll see you guys next. I really week. do. I really do love Colin. Um, no. So for me, it's just like when I get really like cracked up, I'm like, <laughs> not my laugh. Like the bird outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking not my laugh, but when I like try to speak, like I think it was maybe, maybe. I don't even know how to say this. Last the podcast that we listened to last week, I oh, think yeah. it was like I think we're two weeks. Ahead. I was like, "What was that? <laughs> what was that?" Can you give me a timestamp? I'd like to go and listen. <laughs> it was after you I went. You have it. <laughs> okay, no, that was a way long time ago. Then my oh. you mean my my hiccup, and I was like, "What was that?" <laughs> oh okay, yeah, I do remember that. I know. I that. remember that. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I swear I'm going to. I know the Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no, oh. but I swear that did, I, I would, did. Did you take anything out of out of context last year, last week out of scripture? Because I know year. I didn't. Whatever. Last year, <laughs> Colin's probably. Back in, Colin's back and the Bible is gone. Last year was a hard year. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. Twenty twenty was a hard year. So if you're talking about last year, I probably did take some things out of context. Uh, didn't oh. we all? Haven't we? It was all? a growing. Sorry, it was a growing year for me. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. I swear to you that I'm going to one day take all of the episodes and just compile our wheezes like just just like one that. solid we have to make that merch that we were talking about one solid like Real hour one solid hour just laughs of just <laughs> I, would y'all please tell us in the reviews if you'd be interested in some merch or or comment on our instagram would you be interested in some merch that said real wheezing <laughs> that was colin's idea and i think it's perfect <laughs> we just wheeze a lot. That's the thing. Um, yeah. About let your yes be yes and your no be no, though. Why are we? Because Colin said it. He quoted it. Okay. I, one time when I was a child, my mom said we could go do something. Y'all know where this is going. Oh, boy. I can just see it now. <laughs> CC's. Um, uh, hey, probably, mom. Honestly, probably CC's. <laughs> hey, hey, mom. And she said she ended up changing her mind. And I remember being, I like had learned, heard it in church on Sunday. And I was like, mom, the Bible says, let your yes be yes. And, you're be no. hey, and I you have tell not you, changed at all. I got hey, Kathy. my tail torn up. <laughs> That's good. That's good. She was like. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Voice drops three octaves. Hey, hey, Kathy. Um, I just wanted to remind you. What makes you think that I call my mom Kathy? <laughs> As a kid, I just I've like heard you. You like push it. up. You push up your glasses in the center of your nose, and you're like, Kathy. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> slap that was your, you. Slap your suspenders. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were talking about being inver- <laughs> <laughs> embarrassed by your voice. I don't care. What I sound like. There's times where I'm like, I probably sound stupid. I don't really care. What difference does it make? And I went to Gilbert Town, did a wedding in Gilbert Town, and I had to MC like the the first dance and the family dance and oh, family dance. You that started, sounds stupid. Ah, parent dance in Gilbert Town. So it's just like an hour long dance of every sibling. No, but <laughs> I just imagine plates being thrown on the ground and, just, and the bride hey. being lifted up on a chair. That's a that's a different thing. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> But no, after I got done with doing that, the a guy came up to me. He's like, you need to put a little bass in your voice when you talk. I was like, you know what? Real men just go with the voice that God gave them and don't think about that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know what else? I said, but I understand why you would. 
Oh. Real men also sometimes are mistaken for women at the drive-thru. That's me. That happens to me. And then <laughs> they're always like, what did you say, ma'am? And I'm like, yeah, I'd really like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So today I'd like us to talk about um, the idea of volunteers in the worship ministry. And this will hopefully appeal to like a broader context, meaning worship leaders who are professional worship leaders and then worship leaders who are serving, whether it's in context of um, a church choir, a worship choir, or on a praise team at a church, um, or in the praise band, or, or whatever. Um, and so that's what I'd, I'd like to kind of jump in today, um, because I think uh, all of us, having served in various ministries, we recognize volunteers being foundational to what we do. So Zach, in your context at your church, what, what how much of your people on your praise team and in your worship ministry, I mean, you're obviously paid, you're obviously considered, you'd be considered professional, but you, what are, what do volunteers look like in your context at, at your church and your worship ministry? Um, well, we have like a band, seven people in the band, and then we have seven singers on mic every week. Um, and hopefully at, at some point we'll have some more singers on mic that we can rotate and, and give people a break because they're, they're up there every Sunday and they love it. And, but I'd like to give people a break and just yeah. let them be out in the congregation and whatnot. I get it. Um, but every one of those is, is a volunteer. Um, it's, you know, yeah. What about your band? I, I, I wanted to say, except for Kirsten, I don't really view her as a, a volunteer because she's... She's part of your ministry. Yeah, she is. And vice versa and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, what we we have a worship choir um, that they're all obviously volunteer. Um, then we have a worship band and we have a very small orchestra that is, they're all volunteer as well. So, and I, I also oh, include... Uh, well, our... Um, your band. Our, our pianist is paid. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, ours is too. We also, I include the media ministry under the worship ministry. That's just me. I think that they contribute. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And so. Sorry, guys, if if you're listening. I didn't mean to leave you up. <laughs> but I do let you know every week how important you are to me. No, that's completely fine. Um, Colin, I think kind of looking back on the history of the church in general, if you go back to like medieval times, you realize that there was... Um, Basically, it was all led by professionals. Choirs were made up of professional musicians, and actually, the the lay members, you know, were not allowed to participate at all, really, because they were singing languages they didn't know, they didn't speak, yeah. um, and it was music that they didn't know necessarily how to sing or what it was, and so there was a huge disconnect. and And we are blessed to see the opposite of that in church context today, um, where lay members are actually like we we encourage that. Mm -hmm. But talk yeah. to us more about the the importance of having. You know, well, I think you bring up a really great point that back in the day, there was a sense, and of course, this is like pre-Reformation, pre-Martin yeah. Luther doing his thing and nailing the theses on the doors. Coming uh, up. It's on Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but all that to say, uh, you know, the people on the platform, there was this, there was this sense that they were... Um, not only had more knowledge than the people who were off the platform, um, but that they were potentially even, um, air quote, better than the people who were on the platform. Yeah. Um, because there was this sense of this is not attainable to a normal person. That was the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, was some... this, this is going to be in Latin, which mm -hmm. is like, <laughs> why? <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be in Latin and we're going to read it and you're just going to sit and listen. And we get it, but you don't get it. And we're going to tell you. 
what to get. Right. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to give you the little portions that you need to know, yeah. which is always going to somehow be beneficial for us. Exactly. And then well, everything it's because else. Because God speaks in Latin. Of course, God has always spoken oh, in I didn't Latin. Know that. Well, yeah, it's pig Latin. Cuz you're not <laughs> I'm sorry, what? God God's like, "Old oh, Jay." What? Yikes. Why? Listen, We're going to get to tier May. <laughs> Back to zero, Colin. <laughs> we were doing good Actually, for 10 minutes. I'm the one that started yeah, that. You didn't so start that. Um, but that. But so that's the thing. So the reason why uh, lay members or volunteers, the reason they're so important today is because they're the ones that make the worship attainable. Mm-hmm. Because if I, I if, if you're that. if you're a congregation member and you're sitting out and there's a and Joel standing on stage and he's singing, and let's just again we know that singing is not the only form of worship, but we're going to use singing for now because it's mm-hmm. the most arguably the most participatory. So it involves Joel, everyone, right? Joel's standing on the stage and he's singing. That's Joel's job. Everybody knows that it's Joel's job mm-hmm. to stand on the stage, wave his arms around, and have and, and to sing. So it doesn't feel very attainable unless there's people up there with Joel who aren't getting paid to do yep. it. So the lay people, the volunteers, they become extremely important because that they're the reflection of the people in the congregation. Yeah, I because, agree with that. Because Joe the dentist and Wendy the, I don't know, veterinarian, and Sue the... Uh, who knows what does Sue do? She works in an office. Just these normal people who are on the stage praising God, giving their all to God. All of a sudden, you know, Stephanie, who's sitting out in the house, who is just a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. she's like, I-, "I can do this too." Yeah, I see Sue, I see Wendy, I see Joe. I get, I can do this with them. I think it breaks down a wall, and it there's there's almost and disagree if you want. Um, there's almost a Oh, a difference in having those volunteers up there. It, it's it, you know, if we were to just have professionals up there at all times, it would look no different than if you were to go to a concert. You know what I mean? Right. And they are you are not active participants, generally speaking. Right. Most, I mean, the concerts I like to go to. I don't like to go to concerts where you have to stand the whole time. Anyway, <laughs> Meredith. Anyway, that's the whole thing. She's like, you're supposed to stand up, and I'm like, no, I don't. I paid for this seat, not this area in which I stand. Anyway, that's the whole thing. I also sit at football games. <laughs> Even when we Which do is the why wave. you couldn't be a band director. <laughs> I, I just That's my the thing. one thing was like, I, you know, I love this whole thing, but I, need a I, seat. Ha- I hate standing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so anyway, but no, you're absolutely right. And I said this, I said the same thing in, in, in my notes, which we evidently talk about and make fun of now. No, anyway, no, so, no, no, I'm kidding. No. So, um, yeah, but you're absolutely right. We have to, I think the, the importance of volunteer is because like you said, it makes it attainable. It helps people to know that this is not something that they are um, passive participants, but rather active participants. Right. I really like what Keith Getty says in his book, Sing. He says, our singing should always unapologetically contribute to our sense of family and community and never be rushed through, mumbled through, or handed over to the professionals. So I just really, I really appreciate his encouragement. That whole book is basically his encouraging people to sing. Even yeah. if you're not good at it, you don't think you're good at it, you don't like it, we should be singing. What should, is, the Christian the should be a singing It's called Sing. Okay. Really easy read. I think it's like like 100 pages. Actually, I'm pretty sure I have it in my backpack right nice. now. It's good. I read it I read it a while ago. Yeah, and, and just practically speaking, I mean, we can't do things to the caliber that Absolutely. we want to do them without volunteers. There you go. There it is. Volunteers are very important. Yeah. And and so that they're they're kind of the and this is with everything. And though we're speaking in the context of worship ministry specifically, I think what we're talking about here per, 
includes all ministries yeah, of, your, of your church, Absolutely. whether it's children's ministry, whether it's youth ministry, whether it's college, whether it's homeless ministry. Uh, I think that um, just with anything, and I'm going to talk about this later, but um, we should have a calling to a specific ministry, mm-hmm. right? Um, just because for I, I use the example of like, I may want to work for NASA, but I still have to count on my fingers. So that's probably not something that's going to be possible <laughs> for me to do. So the Lord equips us. Yeah for specific callings and specific ministries. And so we need to go where where we feel the Lord is, is gifted us and where we feel like we uh, can be the best, most right. um, of use to the church yeah. and follow the Lord where he's working. Yeah. And so and, that, and that, that applies here too. Go ahead. Yeah. And if you're a believer, sorry, if you're a believer and a church member out there listening to this, you need to be serving in some capacity. I in agree. Church. Yep. I know that's a hot take, but, uh, and also, oh, you know, what? if you're it's on a worship a ministry, it, it's not, you need to be accepting the planning center requests <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I saw, I saw a, uh, a meme, a meme, if you will, on Facebook this uh, week. Meme. Meme. And it was just like, it was talking about like what a worship pastor is. Uh, Did you see it? Yes. And it was like all these different things. What Someone my wife thinks to do, me. what the pastor thinks I do. And then it was like, what I actually do. And it's just a picture of planning center. Yep. <laughs> That <laughs> was good. You're not wrong. No. Um, yeah. Right. So yeah. uh, specifically speaking, there are lots of roles that volunteers can serve in a worship ministry, and we talked, we've touched on some of them: choirs, praise teams, uh, praise bands, orchestras, media ministries, um, at, at itself. But okay, let me ask you a question, guys. From your point of view, um, how seriously, or rather, maybe I rephrase it as, should lay members who are worship leaders take their role and their responsibility just as seriously as the worship <clears throat> pastor or worship leader that's over them? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think they have taken it extremely seriously. I mean, just as seriously. Obviously, not more seriously, but just as seriously. There's no. At the end of the day, they're they're. It's a it's a responsibility. Yeah, I mean they're they're essentially doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, you know I've I've heard people oftentimes call, um, you know the the head honcho guy, if you will, is it, you can call him the worship pastor, you can call him whatever, whatever you want to call him, some form of pastor. Um, but I've heard it said um, that people call people call their volunteer leaders, their praise team members, their choir. Their even their orchestra, even the the media guys in the back, um, they'll call them instead of worship leaders, they'll call them lead worshipers, mm. um, because really at the end of the day, those people alongside that worship pastor, yeah. they're the ones who are in a sense on the front lines. Yeah, and if you really want to get down to it, we know um, that this this whole worship experience it, it's it's spiritual warfare mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, yeah. um, because the enemy doesn't like what we're doing when we're worshiping, and so. I really like the idea of calling those people lead worshipers because they're the ones on the front lines worshiping mm-hmm. and they're leading that charge mm-hmm. of worship. And yeah. so it's extremely important. Yeah, I, I think you have to, as a, as a lay member or a volunteer, you have to take it just as seriously as, you know, as you take the responsibilities at your job that you're paid for because this is, this is everything we do is for the glory of God. <laughs> What is going on? I'm sorry. The way Colin put that, whatever that cookie is in his mouth, <laughs> my I, sincerest apologies, Zach. No, that's all right. Um, but yeah, um, just because you're not the, the decision maker yeah. doesn't make your role any less important. Exactly. And in the same way, you know, it's <clears throat> you're still serving a, an integral part. And um, we should all, that's what I try to really convey to our, our people at, at the church is what you're doing 
is now granted I I carry a lot of the weight because I'm leading the lead the leaders you right, know right. but they still carry a, a very important responsibility of ensuring that their hearts are prepared for worship that they're here yeah. for the right reasons I can't search their hearts um, yeah. they have to allow the Holy Spirit to do that yep. but yeah it's a it's a very serious responsibility and I think it's a culture shift especially like some of the you know the churches of yesteryear if you will where you know choirs praise teams they were and some still are used as performance, if you will. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with performance necessarily. I'm, I'm My concern is about the heart behind it. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. It's got to be about what is the purpose here? Is the purpose about giving glory to God or giving glory to us? And what I what I always say is I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not looking to work six weeks uh, on a song to prepare a song for two minutes of applause, for a, uh, yeah. you know, 30 seconds of applause, of man's applause, when I could be doing this for the glory of the Lord and to, and hopefully enrich and teach uh, the, the, the walks that these, these believers have who are listening and participating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think their role, um, I think I look at it like this. <clears throat> yes. As far as on the platform, what's being, what's happening, the decisions that are being made, th- that's your responsibility as a mm-hmm. worship pastor. Um, but the people who are standing alongside you on the platform, because at the end of the day, we joked about this a few weeks ago, but it's like a platform, it's, it's just a platform. It's literally just elevation so that it just sight lines are better. Yeah. Nothing special about it, nothing fancy. But that said, the minute that you stand in a place where people are directing their attention towards you, um, then... Everything else about your life matters a little bit more. So when you're under a microscope, yeah. So when Joe the dentist is standing on stage leading worship, the I'm minute glad Joe got in, got involved, yeah. I mean, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great thing. The minute that Joe the dentist is standing on stage leading worship, and he then the next week, you know, is out and about in the town, and is, do, people are watching how he treats people. People are watching how he lives his life privately, and all of a sudden. The, the people are determining what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yes, based on how Joe lives his life. Well, let's let's call let's call it for what it is. We as believers have failed often in that respect, yep. being having a public platform in church, yep, or Christianity in some way, yeah, and and then going out into the world and not keeping that walk the same. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that that's why there's a lot of hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's and we have to we have to teach and more on this later. But we have to teach our people that they are worshippers on and off the yes. stage. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think well, too we have. That's to, not to say they need to live a lifestyle that's false, but they need to be pursuing Christ, and that will come. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. yeah. And I think the big the big challenge is is convincing people that just because you don't get drunk on Friday nights doesn't mean that you're living a life exactly. that's, that's <laughs> or just worthy. you're quote better than someone else. Right. But see, that's the thing is is that people forget. It's it's amazing. How often we forget how simple it is to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and and it's because it's it's simple and yet it's difficult, right? It's it's the narrow path, and so we know that it's so much more difficult to take this path. But this is what it looks like: it looks like loving the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And and so I think a lot of times people feel like, well, I love God super well. I worship on Sundays. I read my Bible, I do all this stuff, and they really forget how important it is to love their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem, is for a non-believer, Scripture says that man looks at the, out, looks at the outward appearance, mm-hmm. and that's saying a lot more about just who we are, mm-hmm. but that also says to me that it's important that our outward appearance is fitting our to bring glory yeah. to God. Our lifestyle yeah. worship. We're yeah. Yeah. Regar- exactly. Regardless of like what people can see or can't see. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's not like we can live lives that are not worthy of our calling outside the church walls, and then we come into a worship gathering, and then we're just all of a sudden ready to lead worship. Yeah, yeah. we may do a great job of going through the motions, but is it going to go anywhere? Is right. it going to get past that ceiling of the mm. church? Yeah, no. well, no, and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Because in my opinion, and and what I like to teach is that it it, it our our corporate worship grows out of our private walk. Yeah, and so we if we're not if we're not contributing, if we're not living a lifestyle of worship, it's not going to come across. So, okay, continuing this vein of thought, um, let me ask just a simple yes or no question, and I want to know what y'all think about this. It's, okay. it's never a simple yes or no, Joel. I know, not with me. There's <laughs> layers here. Onions have layers, and so do ogres. Did y'all know that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you, you kind of look like an ogre, so. Oh. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> what if I started crying? We're all, uh, we're all, we're all ogres here. Uh, I literally, anytime I see an onion, this is weird because I'm weird. Anytime I see an onion, I pick it up and I hold it up to Meredith and I go, "Ogres have layers." <laughs> layers. Weird. Okay. Oh man. So, should do you think worship ministry should have quote qualifications for their worship uh, for those that are volunteering in their worship ministries? What do you think? That's a yes or no question. Yes. Okay. Colin? Yes. So let's talk about what do you think those are. Let me ask you this first. What's more important, music or spirituality? Spirituality. Okay. Music. That's... <laughs> One of you was right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um, right. I think... I think that's, uh, as musicians, as natural musicians, our natural inclination is to say, can they sing, right? <laughs> or can they play? Right. Um, but I, yeah, I think, Zach, what, okay, so do you have... Like would you would call and I, I mean qualification sounds so rigid, um, but what well, do you, yeah, do you, that's I mean I had to think about the answer, but the answer is yes, yeah, and we should ultimately yes, but I don't have I don't have things written out. Sure, no, no, I, and I'm, I just uh, I require that yeah, we we are all living lives worthy of what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that I think that it's it's really difficult, um. Because I think at the end of the day, like, in my opinion, it should be more case to case. Sure. Like, I mean, there's some obvious obvious disqualifiers. Uh, yeah. I feel like that we could talk about unrepentant sin. Right. Yes. Yeah. But the uh, we, the other challenges is that, like, we as ministers, um, we're called yes to minister to the church, but what the church is is individual people. And so we're called to minister to individual people. And so um, something that I've learned through the ministry that I'm a part of, um, especially working with college students, and it is very different than than being a full-time uh, worship pastor in a church, is that like sometimes there's instances in which uh, keeping a person close to your uh, grasp and 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 close to you, even if they're walking through stuff that's difficult, mm-hmm. and they're making poor decisions at times. Again, with some obvious exceptions, um, it's better for that person to be there under your guidance, under your leadership. Um, it's better for that person than to send them out mm-hmm. and yeah, say, yeah. "No, you've done this. This disqualifies you. So I'm going to send you off." Well, let me. Let because me, it's better for them on a spiritual level. It's better for them uh, on on just. I mean, from a salvation standpoint. Sure. Um, let me and let me be clear. When I say qualifications, I like the way. I think it was. I think I heard an interview with. I think it was Ray Jones. I don't want to say that and that be wrong. He said he has two qualifications for people who join his worship ministry, and that's: Do you feel called to do this? 
to leading worship, maybe not full time, but do you feel called to do this? And are you growing in your walk with Christ? Because I think those two things are things that, and that that doesn't mean being perfect. That doesn't mean that when you, you know, I I've had people who have shared um, struggles, sins with me before, and they've said, you know, I and I'm like, are, you know, are you? trying to die to sin? Right. Are you repenting of this sin? Right. Are, you, are you living in it openly or are you? do you know that it's wrong? Are you trying to turn from it? That's right. what's important. I'm exactly. not saying be perfect and I'm not saying, I mean, with the exception of like if someone deliberately goes and does something right. sinful, knowing what they were doing was wrong, that it was right. planned out, whatever, that would be different. But if somebody falls into something, yeah. it's one thing. Right. And again, it's, it is case by case. Well, but, and I guess what I'm getting at is just that, like, when we use the terminology qualification, sure. yeah. it yes. makes it sound like there's said, this, this, right. this, 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 and yes. this. Yep. Well, and if if any of these things are, are not met or are broken, boom, you're gone. Like, here's the deal, though. Which which people do, for uh, yes. the record. I, yeah. I, and I'm I just not a big fan of that. I've known of a church who their choir, it was something like, if you missed a rehearsal, you had to come to three before you could sing again on the in the choir. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? But um, anyway, and that is what it is. I'm not judging anyone's ministry. But I mean, when I say qualifications, like I said, that's a rigid word and I don't yeah. want it to sound more yeah. restrictive than it is. I don't mean that we should be testing everyone because I'm not perfect, no more right. than any of you guys are. Um, but I do think that we should ask them simple questions. Like, are they safe? I really, <laughs> I really say, say those two things again, because sure. I really like that. Yeah. Um, or do you feel called to do this, to, to worship ministry, worship leading? Um, and if they, and what I mean, you know, when you say that, that that implies a lot. That implies yeah. that they have an understanding of what worship is. Right. That mean, that implies that they understand the weight of what they're doing, the responsibility. And then the other one is, are you growing in your walk with Christ? Which implies, are you saved? Yeah. Which it, it implies you have a desire to study the Word, to know more about Him, to follow yeah. Him daily. Go ahead. And, and sometimes God gives us the opportunity to kind of guide someone in their calling. Yes. Because they may think that they're called to do that. Sure. But it becomes quite obvious that they're not. Yeah. And... I I believe that our role is to help guide yes. them and yeah. and say, hey, maybe this is not what you're called to do, mm-hmm. but please have something else to plug them into. Don't just. Yeah. Say, I haven't hey, had hey. that conversation yet. I recognize that if I stay in this as the Lord yeah. wills long enough, it'll probably happen. Yeah. Uh, but I get yeah. it. That's a that's a hard conversation. Sometimes you have to because have. you you have to think about it. I mean, or maybe a not yet. Yeah, you know, you you have to think about it like this. Like if if I know that this person, let's just. Let's just say they can't sing, mm-hmm. and I have them. So define can't sing. Well, can't carry a tune. Like yeah, literally can't sing. Not not they yeah. don't sound great. Right, like just, they just they can't sing. Yeah. They can't do what our worship ministry requires yeah. for it to mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can't do it, um, then then it's a there's a good chance I'm taking them away from what they're called to do within the church. Could be could be that they're skilled somewhere else. Yeah, yep. right. And I, and I think also um, I I don't within reason obviously if, if I would want someone who has a pure heart for worship that may not be the best vocalist. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. But I see where you're coming from. Yes, you definitely. want to make sure that we're we as pastors are supposed to be helping people find their where they're skilled and what right. their calling is, and so that's that's part of that too. Um, Rules also still from that book. I think I was rereading it this week. I don't remember why. Uh, Getty, he talks about, he has a couple of rules that he mentions. He says, am I walking with the Lord? Am I in good relationship with my church leaders? Am I building the relationships that are necessary with the rest of the team? Am I committing to serving the congregation? Um, Am I encouraging the congregational voice? Meaning, am I trying to place myself up on a platform and I'm trying to encourage everyone else to participate? And I added this one, am I doing my very best? Because I think sometimes... uh, 
you know, we can struggle. We can struggle with having people that are just kind of there to be there and they're not doing their best and they don't right. really care. Um, so I think that it's important. And, and this leads me into this next topic of conversation with this is how should worship pastors go about training their people for leading others in worship? And I mean, just in general, whether it's music, whether it's um, discipling them, what, Zach, do you have any, do you have a set kind of a thing that you do for people? No, yeah. no I don't have a set kind of thing, but yeah. I mean, first of all, the first thing that we have to learn is it's just not about us. Yeah. It's not about our musical preferences. Get their or, motivations right. And, and there's Thank nothing, you for say that again, Zach. What did you it just It's say? not about us. It's not about our musical preferences. Woo woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's not to say that you can't have a song that you sure. like and yeah, you yeah, really yeah. want the church to worship together. There's nothing wrong with that, but it, that's not how we make decisions. Yep. It's not about right. what we like and you know, that that's that would be hard for people to believe, but yeah. it's not even what about our preferences as a worship pastor. It's yeah. about, you know, what is when, let's just say we're picking songs, we're picking a set list. It's about what is going to best glorify God and uplift and encourage the congregation and build community within that worship gathering. Mm-hmm. And it all has to like fit within the parameters of the culture of your church. Yep. So long as the culture of your church is biblically sound. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and I, some sometimes it it requires because we have we're very multi generational in our in our worship ministry. We have some people that are in their sixties, seventies, and we have some people that are in their twenties. Um, we have college students that are like nineteen. You know, so it's it's teaching them that right. Part of what we're doing as worship leaders is laying aside our preferences for what is best for the body, um, because we want to encourage their singing. We want to encourage their participation, and that's not to say, like you said, that we can't have what we like sometimes. But yeah. it just doesn't need to always be about what we like. Yeah. Oh well, and the other, th- the other on the flip side of that too is the fact that it can't be about what the people in the congregation like, sure. either. Because I think sometimes I think the two struggles of a, of a worship pastor, especially when it comes to specifically like song selection, mm-hmm. is okay. Do I do what I want to do, or mm-hmm. do I know what do I do what the, what will make the people happy? Mm-hmm. And the answer is like neither of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's actually a difficult thing to balance because at the end of the day, if you only do what you like to do, then it's just not going to be good. Mm-hmm. But if you only do what you think is going to be pleasing to the people, for well, for one, you can't please everybody. No. And for two, you're not supposed to be pleasing people. That's no. not the point of worship. You yeah. learn that very, I think that very quickly that you can't please everybody. Yeah, like day one. Uh, <laughs> you, I, What I've always found very helpful is is figuring out where the church is at and, and you... I'm not. You don't want to just sit in that. So what we what we have always done when when I've come into a new church, I say, what are they singing now? What kind of music are they doing? And then I'll take it and we'll start to add in new as they kind of realize, hey, I'm not here to just kind of upend everything. You know what I mean? But yeah, you're absolutely right because one, it's not about what they want, and that's part of what we have to teach them. Yeah. Right? Is that it's it's about giving glory to the Lord. And if we've got a brand new song that maybe may not be your style, but is is God honoring, um, Christ exalting music, then we need to be singing that. Yeah. Um, and biblically grounded, of course. Um, which I don't think that you could have those two things and not exactly. have those. Exactly. But um anyway, yeah. So it, it's part partly that. Yeah. So we don't have um a specific well, I mean, I say that we we have a ministry at the church that um, teaches where we offer music lessons and things like that, and the goal of that is hopefully that these kids that are taking violin lessons, guitar lessons, drum lessons, things like that, um, can end up 
being incorporated into our ministry, having these Christian teachers in a Christ-centered environment teaching music and, and telling them about the gospel. And then eventually they can come and they can use those skills at the church. And yeah. that's not that's not mean to be like a, a fill, you know, like a funnel for us, but it is a, a good way for them to equip themselves and to allow them to have that kind of teaching. But we don't have a specific like I've heard of some churches that they'll give them, you know, here's 10 of our songs that we do most frequently and you learn those and then you come back and, and I see the benefit of that. Um, we don't, we don't have an abundance of, I don't know about you, Zach. I don't have like, you know, 30 guys coming to me asking if they can play guitar in my praise band. <laughs> we don't rotate my praise band. The praise team, the the vocalists rotate every week, but yeah. the the band is but pretty, you, pretty you the use, same. You use three at a time, right? Something we, like that. Yeah. It's generally three or two. It just depends. Yeah. Including me, it's always at least three. Yeah. I, I have seven at a time and it's the same yeah. seven people for the most part every week. Yeah. Which, and, and I see. And some, I know they don't say it, but I know they want to break. <laughs> I yeah. know they want to break. Well, that's like how how you. I have the best volunteers. They're yeah. great. Actually, I bet Joel would say he has the best volunteers. I hope so. Why I don't, don't, why don't this. I, I just do, want to see y'all duke start. it out. Let's, uh, <laughs> Mine are here this many hours a week. <laughs> no, yeah. um, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the importance of discipling our people, yeah. our volunteers. Yes, yeah. I, I think for, for me, and again, this is, I mean, I call it an outside looking in perspective. It's really not, but it is right now. Um, I think that what you just talked about, what you just mentioned, Joel, discipling people, that's where the whole pastor role mm-hmm. comes in. I agree. You know, assuming that you are considered a worship pastor and not everybody that is the lead, the leader of the worship team is really considered a pastor. But if you are considered a pastor, and even if you're not, um, that should be one of your priorities is mm-hmm. is discipling people. And and so what that means to me is first and foremost, teaching them how to read God's word. Yes. Um, and then second of all, teaching them how to pray. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you call yourself a leader of worship who works directly with a with a like a ministry team of mm-hmm. volunteers or otherwise, and and your priority is not teaching them how to read the Bible and how to pray, then you're just not doing your job correctly. I, I appreciate you saying that because I think oftentimes, and I think oftentimes we take in many church contexts, not speaking specifically about mine or Zach or whoever, I'm just saying in general, we take the music worship ministry as being less um, influential, less weighty yeah. than like, for instance, somebody shows up to your church They've been there, you know, they've been coming, whatever, and they're like, I want to teach VBS or I want to teach Sunday school or I want to teach this or I want to teach that. You don't just be like, great, you handle that. We'll see you later. You would want to know what they were teaching you with sound. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And you don't want, you don't want them teaching, uh, you know, your your senior adult something that's wrong. So you would want to make sure that they are discipled. You want to make sure that they're growing. You want right. to make sure. And I think that we should do the same thing with our, our worship ministry because it is just as important. Right. Well, f- from a practical standpoint, when you, you come together, how many hours a week, including Sunday? So including everything but the service itself, mm-hmm. how many hours a week do you get with your volunteers in your worship ministry? That's like hour So practice, sound check, that kind of stuff. Hour and a half. We don't do a sound check because all of, like most of my praise band and choir are Sunday school teachers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but th- so that's what I'm saying. How many? Four, four, how many? To, four to five hours. Four, you get four to five hours a week. Yep. So, so that's obviously significantly more. But mm-hmm. even with four to five hours. It's still not a ton of time. If, if you, like nobody is expecting you as a worship pastor to spend the majority of that time mm-hmm. reading or having a discipleship class. Yeah. 
during that time. Mm -hmm. So that's not the point. But the Mm -hmm. point is, is that it has to be a priority. And I think the priority, like practically you have to spend at least an hour of your hour and a half and probably at least three to four hours of your four to five hours on just the music and the rehearsal side of it. But that that Bible and prayer thing, it's got to be a huge part of it. It just has to. And this... This is uh, one thing to bring up is that just because you're the worship pastor does not mean you're going to be the most spiritually mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just really doesn't. That's one thing we have to learn fast. That's a that's don't, a really good don't word. Don't come in expecting to just be the most spiritually mature because mm-hmm. I've, I mean, there have been people on my team that have poured into me spiritually yeah. Yeah. and taught me a lot and discipled me. Um, but if you're doing, if you're doing it right, then God is going to send you people to pour into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and when we have the opportunity to do that, we, we have to take those chances to pour into them and we have to be intentional about it. And he's going to give us times that we can pray for people and, um, just teach people these things that we've been talking about. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not about us. It's not about our preferences. It, it's about pointing people to Jesus. And yeah. what what is for for those of the worship leaders that are listening to this and they're like I have to teach like that that scares, you know, the daylights out of me. It a lot of a, a good chunk of what discipleship is is modeling what yeah. Christ-like behavior is. Yeah. So what is it you have to model what worship leading on and off the platform looks like. Um but yeah, I, I completely agree with both of what you guys are saying. We just we we can't um we too much would go wrong if we chose to let the to to just leave the the spiritual formation yeah. and walking of our our people um, just kind of up to not to say that we can't trust them you know what I mean but right. we should be concerned with it. Well, and here's yeah. here's a reality too. They're just people, right? Like they're they're not getting paid to do this, and we know like as adults, and you know Zach, you've got a kid, you know we you have to be careful with your time. And so let's be honest, what's happening with a lot of the people who are involved in worship ministries across the whole entire country, they're probably not often as involved in like a small group or they may not even go to Sunday school because maybe it happens, maybe Sunday school hours when they have rehearsal. I mean, every church does it differently. And so like if people feel like, well, I'm involved in the worship ministry, and so I have extra hours that I'm there for rehearsal, so I'm not going to go to small group. Okay, well, like in that case, even more so, it is our responsibility as worship leaders to mm-hmm. disciple them. Mm-hmm. And to Zach's point, I think that's really interesting that you said that, Zach, because I don't think a lot of people think about that. Um, but if discipleship is working correctly, you're not just pouring into people. You're being poured into yourself. And yeah. and I think... And then they are pouring into other people. Exactly. And so I think if if... Um, if you want to be realistic about it, I mean, if you're in a church where where you have the blessing of having a lot of older and therefore more more wiser, more wise, more wiser, <laughs> wiserer, your guess, your guess is as good as mine. If you have if you have these people with this wisdom far beyond your years, um, then I think it is important, especially when it comes to spiritual things, and sometimes like taxes too. But um, more importantly, <laughs> spiritual things. Only sometimes, though. <laughs> to to, to I mean, listen, if you can avoid an audit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, we're, I'm all about tax evasion. Am yeah. I right? Uh, uh, we've entered into a new realm. <laughs> uh, but 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 there's an FBI agent that just took his headphones off. <laughs> I swear, I heard a knock on the door. <laughs> 
He said, I got him. I got him. That was the tape. <laughs> let's, ro- let's roll out, boys. I'm the FBI agent. <laughs> Joel's like, all these years. It's me. I've been faking our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can. I think we can go ahead and wrap up, fellas. Um, no, I yeah, I think so. I think this is so. It should concern us. I think that what we have an issue that we're facing, in, in specifically American church culture, is yeah. that we have generations of worship leaders that were never discipled. Yeah, and look at the kind of. And I'm not saying it's completely hopeless or anything like that. Not don't get me wrong. But I think that we do have. You notice ten. The worship pastor, worship leaders tend to be the spiritual, uh, the theological lightweights on the staff. Yep. Um, they uh, oftentimes are the ones who, I'm not saying all the time, I'm not trying to generalize because I am a worship leader. No, but it's a <laughs> um, decent generalization to make. About them th- th- also being, um, you know, we have uh, very popular uh, worship leaders who are now um, completely abandoning their faith and things like that. And I think some of that could have been, you know, hopefully fixed by if they had had someone grounded, who could disciple them, who could bring right. into them, who could teach them about um, yeah. the Word. Um, and so that's, I think it should be a, a kind of an alarm to all of us that as worship leaders, we should be pouring in and discipling our people. Um, lastly, let's just talk very quickly. Zach, what do you think the relationship between a worship pastor and a volunteer worship leader should look like? Like the like the working relationship? Yeah, how should that, what should it look like? Um, well, for one, if we come into it as, as worship speaking to our worship pastors, worship leaders, worship pastors, I'll say that, sure. worship pastors or someone who is at, on staff at a church to lead worship um, and direct that. as If we come in um, and, and treat things as if we are the authority, then I think it's not going to bode well for us. Um, we are, in the end, the decision makers. But if we're viewing ourselves as some kind of authority, I, th- I think that... You don't want to wield that authority like a weapon. Yeah, it's not about authority. It's about guidance sure. and, and discipling, just like we've been talking about, and encouraging. Yeah. And, and I, I would even say, like, if we're just talking, like, within the aspects of a, a worship gathering, like on a Sunday morning, if I ask somebody to sing a song, then I expect them to engage people in worship just just like I do when I sing a song sure. on Sundays. Um, I think I think that should look the same. If mm-hmm. I ask you to sing a song, then I'm trusting you to lead people in yeah. worship and not just sing the song. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think that it should be a, a unity thing going. We're, we're united in doing this. I, I, you know, I, we may be the ones that are leading all of it, but they're still just as responsible. Um, and they, they are to be um, taking it seriously. For you volunteers who are worship leaders in your church, you are valuable. You are invaluable probably to your church. You are doing um, yeah. very important work for yeah. the, for the kingdom of God. Sometimes thankless. Yeah. Work. Oftentimes thankless and often, um, not if you're on my team. If you're, <laughs> well, I would also say, maybe not thankless, but underappreciated or underrecognized. Yeah. Not saying that we do it for recognition, but it is. It's not if hard you're on for, my team. <laughs> for people who are non musicians, yeah. sometimes it doesn't. You don't understand the weight of what you're doing. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. And the amount of I time, just, the time that goes into it, the hard work that goes into it, but the preparation. Yeah, it, that's so. That's difficult. But we we let you know that we as worship pastors, worship leaders, appreciate you and what you do as a volunteer. Um, it is, like I said, invaluable. And and I, our prayer is that you guys are desiring to know Christ more, to glorify him more rightly according to his word and to live lifestyles that reflect that. Yeah. So we, um, you are appreciated. My people, y'all are appreciated. 
um, and it, very much so. And um, we are we're thankful for the volunteers that we have. We literally could yeah. not do this without you guys. That's right. Um, yeah, I would say. And and last last note: if you're someone who is leading worship, maybe you were put into a position where you were the only person in the church who knew enough about music to get into this. Yeah. And maybe you're like, I'm afraid. I don't have. I'm, maybe I'm not equipped. I don't know that you necessarily have to have formal training, like going to school, but find a. Find another worship pastor that you trust. Right. Um, start a relationship with them. Learn from them. Um, and and you know it's it's what Colin said. We want to be poured into so we can pour out into others. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the life of a worship pastor is the same life that we're expecting our people that we're leading to live. Yep. It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart. That's that. That's that corporate worship and private worship mindset. And it's loving your neighbor as yourself. And so if you're in a situation where you're just the guy because it just kind of works out best, it's a small church, they can't afford to yep. have a full-time worship pastor, and you're just it, hey, you are fully capable of doing those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, God's put you there for a purpose. Yep. And, and, and so, don't compare. <laughs> don't compare yourself. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously you want to get better, but don't, don't unless, compare yourself. Unless you're comparing media systems. <laughs> yeah, and Zach's it makes allowed you to feel do better. No, but that's it, a very listen, subjective, or if, not a subjective thing. If you're it using Bose, get out. Get out now. If you're using Bose, get out. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's wrap up. Um, guys, Colin, why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with us? Oh, hey, we wanted to share about, we asked for people to send us yes. notes about what yes, they thought, yeah. and people have been doing yes. We've gotten a few, and which, uh, let me say, it's surprising. I mean... I'm not going to lie. When we first decided to like have an email and like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, like I was thinking, okay, this is just something that people do. It's like, oh, send mm-hmm. us an email. We've gotten some. Yeah. yeah. And we're actually going to be compiling some of those we things want some into, more. into a bonus episode. So yeah. we want, yeah. we want to, we want to hear from you. If you have thoughts or questions, um, even if it's, even if it's something as, you know, simple as one very short thing, or maybe it's a long thought out thing. We want to talk about those things. So if we can get a, a couple more, we'd like to, to take an episode where we can do that. But Zach, share about the the comment that we received. This yeah, week. we've had some people reach out, um, worship leaders, uh, lay people, yeah. um, also non-believers. I had one of my friends from back home. Her name is Piper. She's from Denver. She reached out to me um, yesterday, and she just told us that she's just She's not. She doesn't identify as a Christian, but she has received like so much encouragement and just yeah. peace in this season of her life just by listening to our podcast. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> so that makes me feel really good. Zach, I know Piper as well. We were in Willy Wonka together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Y'all are glossing over the best part of the... Fred um, Kimbrough. Maybe the second best part of the comment, and I'd like one oh, of you to say it, not okay. me. I'm not going to say oh. it. All right. She did say that she thinks we're funny. She loves that about us, but Joel is the funniest. Aha. Which is just, Piper, come on. I mean, <laughs> you've got good taste. You do. I think Joel. I think Joel. I think Joel's very funny. But yeah, uh, just that's the only to, reason I'm friends with him. Just wanted to give Pi- <laughs> Piper that shout out. Thank so. you. Yeah, yeah. No. Thank you, Piper. Piper. Keep keep listening. And thank you to everybody who's listening. We really appreciate you guys. Um, follow us on. I can never. Why do I? Well, it's not your job. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Am <laughs> I a boomer? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I dreamed the other night that my Facebook account got hacked and someone sent messages to you guys asking for money and y'all were mad at me. Well, Joel, if you were to ask me for money, I'd give it to you. No, but I didn't ask for the money. That's the whole thing is that it got hacked. And I literally woke up and I was like, they're mad at me. Joel, do you need money? No. <laughs> Meredith, Meredith, <laughs> Meredith, 
Call me twice and hang up if you need money. <laughs> if you need help. In three weeks. Call me twice. <laughs> call me twice and hang up. I'll know. Blink three times when I see you later. <laughs> hey, guess what we're doing tonight, folks? Oh, yes. We have a Halloween party. A murder mystery. No, no it's a Christmas party. Actually, actually. Saying, nobody's getting murdered this year. Are you serious? What? It's like a theft. I'm disappointed now. <laughs> Do it's you hear a yourself murder say mystery. that again? Well, because like this year, it was like, look, I thought I told me like, let's I'm just not throw. Going. I'm not oh going. Oh my anymore. gosh! Hey, you want to hang out tonight? Braves game. Yeah. You guys are Sounds the worst. You want to watch the Braves game? Go Braves! Go, Go Bravos! Braves. Chop on! Oh! So I think we can end on that. Is corporal punishment an option when people show up late to rehearse? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>